Hello and welcome to Social Media Ministries. My name is Spencer Kaufman. Thank you for being with us today. If this is your first time, please hit that subscribe button, hit the follow button, check out the links in the description, and find us and follow us on social media. If you're a returning visitor, that is awesome. Please take advantage of those share icons and share this with others because our social media reach can only go so far. We need your help and support in order to reach more people. That is what we rely on at Social Media Ministries. It's in the name for crying out loud. Help us out. Share it on social media. And again, we're in the middle of a sermon series right now, so bring people in. We're learning about the 12 apostles. This is number four. We've got a lot more. We've got 14 more, or not more, but 14 total, so 10 more. It's about a three-month span. Don't worry if you missed the first three. You can check them out in a playlist on our YouTube channel or on our website. Today we're talking about James. James is a great disciple. Now, there were quite a few different Jameses in the Bible. Uh, this is the first James that we are going to talk about. He was a son of Zebedee and the brother of John. So James and John were brothers. Two of Jesus' disciples. James is mentioned about 20 times in, uh, throughout the Bible, 21 times in 19 verses. Now, of course, the word James is mentioned many more times because there are several other Jameses. But uh, this James, this specific James, 21 times 19 different verses. So we know he was a fisherman. He lived in Bethsaida. Capernaum and Jerusalem, or thereabouts. Uh, he was a Galilean. How do we know he was a fisherman and where he lived? Let's go to Matthew 4, 21. Remember, these are heavy Bible uh, messages. We've got all kinds of scriptures, so I hope you're looking them up. If not, everything will be referenced in the description that you can go through and look them up later. Matthew 4, 21. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, they were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Wait a minute, Zebedee is saying, who's going to help me fish? <clears throat> Actually, Zebedee was probably saying, go, go, he's calling you. This is the Messiah. Get out of here. I've got the fish. They say, no, father, we'll help. No, get out of here. He probably threw them overboard. And they went on and followed Jesus. James was a member of the inner circle of Christ. What's the inner circle? This was like the group of disciples that asked Jesus all kinds of questions, like, hey, explain the parable to us, or what does it mean? And Jesus would tell them, and even though he may not have told all the other disciples, he would also take these disciples with him, like when Jesus would go to pray, he would... He would leave the disciples or let them do their thing, and then he would take a few with him and go somewhere else, and it was usually these three. Who were they? Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John were of that inner circle. They always went with Jesus. We see that a number of times throughout Scripture. Uh, let's check out another verse in Matthew 17, verse 1. Matthew 17, 1. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Whoa, wait a minute, what? Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So we have that. Uh, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. So he took those three with him. 
wherever he went, individually. He didn't take the whole twelve, he took the inner circle. Uh, James was one of the few who was able to discuss the meanings of the parables and ask Jesus for direct questions. He asked him direct questions and he received direct answers. Like, rather than a parable and an answer, he got the answer from Jesus. Mark 13 verse 3 says, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us then when will these things happen and what will be the signs when they are all fulfilled? Then continue on, Jesus tells them. Here we have Andrew, Peter, James, John, and Andrew. Well, that's because Peter and Andrew were brothers. So, even though Andrew was may not have been part of that inner circle, let's say, he was still there maybe on many of those inner circle moments because he was brothers. So, Jesus had these two sets of brothers that, that he took with them as part of this inner circle. And Andrew's not always mentioned, so we don't really list him. It's usually Peter, James, and John. But still, uh, with Andrew being Peter's brother, there's a good chance that Andrew got some of those answers as well. Uh, James, the son of Zebedee, is also known as James the Elder or James the Greater. This is the James we know more about. Uh, in addition, James and John were bold enough to ask Jesus for a seat. And if we go to Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10, verses 35 to 41, Mark 10, 35 to 41, it says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, Let one of us sit at your right hand, and the other sit at your left in your glory. You do not know... Okay, what, what is that? Let's, let's pause. What is that? So they said, when Jesus gets into heaven, and he's got his spot at the right hand of the Father, uh, uh, you know, G God's up here, and Jesus is sitting here on this level in, in terms of kingship. Uh, he said, hey, let one of us sit at your right and one at your left when you get in your glory. You do not know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be, baptism with the bapti uh, be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Now, what does this mean? Well, Jesus asked them, Can you drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Jesus is saying, Can you do that? They may not have known what that meant, but Jesus is saying, Are, are you sure? Can you be crucified? Can you go through this? Can you die? Can you do all this? And they say, We can. He says, Fine, very well. Uh, you can do that. And so we have James and his brother John that are about to go and, and drink out of that cup and be baptized with that baptism. Now, does that mean that they will both be crucified like Jesus? Well, we will find out how they died. Continuing on, you'll have to stay tuned uh, to the rest of this message. We're not there yet.
And next week, we'll talk about John, and you can learn a little bit more about him. But they asked this bold request. They were part of that inner circle, so they were confident to ask these things of Jesus, and they did. They asked him, hey, can we sit at your right and your left? Talk about a big ask. Big ask. And uh, Jesus said, it's not for me to decide, it's for God. But the others were upset about this. Like, how could you guys do that? And now we know that there are spots for the 12 up there uh, when we see in the book of Revelation, the, the gates of heaven, they're, they're all mirrored for the 12, one of each of the tribes of Israel, and also the, the 12 apostles. So again, this is James the Greater, James the Elder. Not much is known about him. Every time he's mentioned in the Bible, he's with his brother John. They're, they're pretty much an inseparable pair. They're always together, James and John. They probably went out and traveled together. Uh, they did things together, kind of like Peter and maybe Andrew did. And then we have Philip and Bartholomew. They probably went out together. And so uh, he's always mentioned to him. Mark, let's go there. Mark chapter 1, <clears throat> verses 19 and 20. Mark chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. When they had gone a little farther, he saw James son of Zebedee and his brother John in a boat. And so James and John were together. It's also in Matthew 4.21 and Luke 5.1-11. All of these will be referenced in the description below. In addition, there's that great website that I told you about uh, in, the, in a previous message. That link will be down in the description below, completebiblegenealogy.com. You can see all the places where any name is mentioned. James was a man... James was a man of extraordinary courage. Wow, okay, well you just said not much was known about him. How do we know he was courageous? We know this because he was willing to ask Jesus to sit at his right or his left. Or if he could sit at Jesus' right or left. That would take some courage. <clears throat> he was also a man without jealousy. James wasn't full of jealousy. He was very humble. He was known as a son of thunder. And let's go to Mark 3.17 for that. Mark 3.17. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, to them he gave the names Boanerges, or Bragnerges, which means sons of thunder. Let's go to Luke 9.54. Luke 9, 54 says, Luke 9, 54. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? These guys were hot-tempered. They were the sons of thunder. They said, hey, we'll call down fire from heaven right now and destroy them. But Jesus turned and rebuked them. And they went on to another village. He said, no, you don't be calling down fire from heaven to, to destroy them. James was content with living in the shadow of his brother John. Now you say, wait a minute, how do you know that if he's James the Greater? Well, John did a lot more, and it was documented a lot more. James lived in John's shadow. James lived in the shadow of Jesus. James lived in the shadow of Peter. He was content. He was content to do that. And he was fine with gaining as much knowledge as he can and learning and asking Jesus those questions. Explain this to us. Let us understand this. What does this mean? 
and he was fine with that. James was also the first of the twelve to die a martyr. He became a martyr. He died. He was the first one to die. So he started it all off. Remember, they said, can you drink, Jesus asked them, can you drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm about to be baptized with? And they said, we can. Well, James did. King Herod Agrippa aligned himself with the Romans and began persecuting Christians viciously, slaughtering, killing them, all kinds of stuff. He had James executed. And we have some documentation in the book of Acts. So it is in the Bible where he was, that he was in fact executed. So turn with me to Acts chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. 12, 1 and 2. It was at about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. There we go. We know right there, James, the brother of John, was put to death with the sword. He had him executed. Now, how did King Herod Agrippa find these Christians? Well, people turned them in because obviously they weren't just going and saying, hey, here I am, kill me. No, someone turned them in. Like Judas turned in Jesus, someone turned in James. And so uh, the story has it that James's accuser, the man who accused James, was so moved by James's courage and willingness to face execution. When he accused James, obviously Herod's men arrested James and some others, and they went in, and the sentence was execution or whatever, and James probably stood there and said, I'm ready. Whatever you want to do, I'm ready. And he was courageous and willing, and the guy who accused him was probably there because it would be like a, a court trial. That person had to testify that, that he knew that James was one of these Christians, and the accuser was so moved, he couldn't believe it, that James was willing to do that, and that he had such faith and such confidence in that, that he, he said, I want it. I'll be a Christian. So he converted on the spot, and Roman officers, Roman, uh, first he, he converted on the spot, so now they all know he's a Christian, but he also said, I want to be executed with that man. So he accuses him for execution, then he's so moved by how, how, he, how James handles it, that he says, I want to die with James. He converts to Christianity, and the Roman officers behead both of the men at the same time. Simultaneously, both heads came off. And both men went to heaven. How's your courage? How is your courage? Are you the type that is the temperamental that says, call down fire from heaven and strike that guy? That Jesus has to complete, uh, continually rebuke? Saying, no, someone cuts you off in traffic, are you cursing them out? And Jesus has to rebuke you. Someone uh, is in turmoil with you at work. You don't get along with your coworker, your boss, and you're constantly complaining about them. Jesus has to rebuke you. Or are you there saying, no, I'm good. Whatever's going on, I trust 
in God. I can handle it. I can drink the cup. I can be baptized with that baptism that you were baptized with. And you know what? I'm good. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to endure. I'm going to persist. I'm going to persevere. And those around you are going to see that and they're going to say, I want what he has. I want what she has. I want what you have. And then you're going to say, guess what? I can introduce you to Jesus and that's what makes me able to stand in here and take the hits and persevere all the way through. Do you have that kind of courage like James? Does it have the power to move those around you like James? Are they going to say, I want what you have because that person is driving me nuts. I can't stand working for them or I can't stand working with them or when I'm driving in traffic or how are you always so level-headed or why don't you ever get upset about things or why aren't you ever complaining about stuff or uh, whatever. How's your courage? Are you courageous enough to go through this life like God wants you to go through this life? Not complaining, no negativity, being happy, being thankful and grateful in all circumstances, happily working at whatever job you have to do as if working for the Lord, remembering that it was God that put you in that place, in that job, even if you hate it, you're there for a reason. Be thankful that God put you there. How's your courage? Does your courage, do you have the ability to stand in there and fight? Remember, this is a spiritual battle. You've got to take it to the next level. We've talked about this. Take it to that level. Stay in there. This is just the world. We can handle anything in this world. doesn't matter. This is earthly. It's heavenly that we're worried about. We're not worried about it, but that's where we are. We're in this realm. Don't get caught up on this realm. Don't get stuck on the negativity in this realm. Don't get stuck on the people and the problems and the worry and the strife in, in this realm. We're up here. Every time you go down here and you get worried about this realm, you're pulling yourself out of the heavenly realm and you're stuck in the earthly realm. Move back up. Stand in there like James. Be courageous. Be so courageous that you're not out there proclaiming your courage. You're just doing it and people are noticing and saying, I want that. I want that. And you can share it with them. How do you do it? It's simple. You say, hey, I have Jesus. That's the difference. You want him, you got him. Simply pray. Ask him, dear Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for dying for me, for my sins. Come into my life. I want to live for you. Give me that courage. Give me what they have. And, and, and they'll have it. Just tell them that. It's real simple. You are called to get out there and proclaim the good news, to share Jesus with as many people as possible. You are called. So wherever you are, no matter what you're doing, think as if you're doing it for God, act like you're doing it for God, be positive, stop complaining, stop venting, stop arguing or grumbling about it all, and be happy, be courageous, be a great example, exactly like James, and move those around you.
Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for a man like James that we can look at and, and use as an example. He was the first to die for you, the first of the apostles to die for you. Obviously, many more people have died for you and many of the other Christians and apostles were killed for you. Lord, we don't want to die for you right now. We want to live for you. And I pray that that's true in each and every person watching and listening. That they truly want to live for you. That they will get out there and, and make that thought and that desire in action. That they will turn it into something. That they will get out there and live for you, being bold and courageous. That they will share the gospel and that they will simply be a great example that other people can see and witness and say, I want what they have. And that then those people would ask them and that they would share. That they would share you with anyone and everyone that asks. In Jesus' name, amen. How's your courage? Are you cowardly? Or do you have the power to move those around you like James? Come back next week. We're going to talk about John, James's brother. God bless.